In 2015, Peter Yasek discovered just how terrible the conditions are inside a Sudanese prison. They started to slap to my face. I was hit with their fist into my face uh, many times. I got hit with a wooden stick, either on my head, my shoulders, or uh, from or my fingers, or they uh, kicked me and uh, into my stomach with uh, this rod. How could he endure that kind of treatment? He came to realize that he was in prison because God had a purpose for him inside the prison. And as he saw opportunities to share the gospel, he even stopped praying for his release. I stopped asking the Lord how long, and I rather asked the Lord, how do you want me to use Lord? And I started to be more open even with the Muslims who were in this cell. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. This October, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Voice of the Martyrs. 50 years ago this month, our founders, Pastor Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, sent out the very first VOM newsletter. In the 50th anniversary edition of the newsletter this month, one of the stories we tell is the story of Peter Yasek, released earlier this year from prison in Sudan. If you're a regular VOM Radio listener, you'll be familiar with this story because we had Peter share the story over three episodes of VOM Radio earlier this year. It's a story as riveting as anything you'll see in your local movie theater. But more importantly, it's a story that will grow your passion to share the gospel. We're going to come back to Peter's amazing story today and remind you of some of the highlights. And I hope after you hear the highlights, you'll want to hear the complete interview, which you can find at vomradio.net backslash Peter. It will take you right to those episodes with Peter sharing vomradio.net backslash Peter. Now, Peter is a staff member with the Voice of the Martyrs. In December of 2015, he went to Sudan to meet with believers who had undergone persecution. He was evaluating how VOM could assist the church in Sudan, how VOM could work with those persecuted Christians. He had a great time there when he got to the Khartoum airport to travel home to the Czech Republic. He was detained and questioned for 23 hours. Then he was transferred to a prison. And when we entered the building uh, of the prison, there was no sign. So I realized it's a kind of secret prison. I think that the Lord had been preparing me for this time in prison uh, uh, a long time ago. You know, on May 19, 2013, so I could say more than two years before this imprisonment, I had a dream. Uh, in that dream, I appeared to be in a prison. And I saw clearly, you know, a very heavy and thick metal door with a little window, uh, maybe 12 times uh, 20 centimeters. And uh, I remember the color of this door, which was a kind of yellowish white. 
And in, in that dream, I clearly heard, you know, the click of this door when uh, they got closed and locked at the same time. And another thing that was very important at this, in this dream was that my daughter at that time in uh, 2013 was already studying a medical school. I think she was in uh, the third year of the medical school. And in that dream, when I was in, uh, in prison, I knew that uh, I'm in prison at the same time when my daughter is graduating at this medical school. Later on, I forgot about this dream. But in the moment when I was put into this cell, into this security prison, and I heard the click of the door, uh, I immediately remembered this dream. And uh, the door that I saw looked exactly like the one I saw in the dream in, on May 19, 2013. When I remembered the dream, I also remembered that my daughter was graduating at the medical school. So to be honest with you, at that time, I did not even think about that detail of a dream. It, it came only later than when I realized that when my daughter uh, really graduated uh, at the medical school in uh, uh, June uh, 2000. Uh, 16. I remember that, and when uh, her graduation came closer, I realized that uh, if this dream uh, should be fulfilled, then it means that I w was supposed to stay in prison until she graduates, and even maybe after that uh, time. And so they put you in a cell, and as you've described it to me, it's a cell designed for one person, but there were already six guys in there, and then they put you in, so now there's seven. Who were your cellmates? I arrived to this cell at about 1.30 a.m. So this is the time when, <clears throat> under normal circumstances, people would sleep. So they just uh, made a little space on the floor, and I had no blanket. I only had uh, a few pieces of clothes, like two extra T-shirts and one extra uh, pants uh, and, a, and a toothbrush, toothpaste and a soap. They showed me the, the small space on the floor and said, just uh, lay down here. And one of the guys who he spoke some English, so he said, just uh, lay down here and cover with your other uh, T-shirts. At first, I did not have an idea uh, what uh, are the reasons uh, for each one of them to be arrested. It came up day by day, slowly, and uh, at first, uh, those people who were, I would say, political prisoners, uh, those, for instance, uh, were innocent traders with flour, and they were arrested because they uh, were traveling outside of the capital city with uh, amount of flour that was uh, very low. So there were some people who were trading with gold. Uh, maybe it was an unofficial trade, but uh, they were only trading with gold. There were some people who were changing money on the black market. Um, so uh, these people uh, were the first ones who told me uh, through this interpreter what was the reason. Basically, it was this guy who spoke English that who was telling me what these uh, uh, normal people, and I will explain it why I call them normal later, uh, were uh, arrested for. And then the rest of the people, I got a little bit later, they said that uh, they are uh, Daesh. And just for our listeners, Daesh is the Arabic acronym for ISIS. So these are ISIS fighters 
that are in the prison. And so they asked me, what is new in the world? Tell us something. You are just a fresh prisoner. So I said, oh, I, you know, freshly remembered the situation that happened uh, uh, month November in France, uh, where on uh, Friday, uh, November 13th, the several coordinated attacks uh, by the Islamists, uh, I think 129 people were killed. And so I told them this story. When I finished and I said 129 people killed, they stopped me and they started to immediately shout Allahu Akbar, uh, unisono, and for several minutes. So you tell a story of an ISIS attack in Paris, more than 100 people killed, and their response is to stand up and shout Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. That would have scared me. Yeah, it was. I got scared as well, and I realized uh, that these people must be, you know, maybe secret uh, supporters or members of Daesh. And I stopped telling them any more news. I said no, because I, I heard some other news, but I decided not to tell them any more news because that scared me in this moment. God gave you a verse, uh, and really it kind of became a theme for the next 14 months. Talk a little bit about that, how that happened, and how you made that a part of your daily life, daily devotion, daily walk with God. When uh, you are in this small room surrounded by people who are five times a day praying out loud, and not only that, but there were always like two, three, maybe sometimes four people who were reading Quran out loud. And when they read the Quran, it's not like uh, reading and looking at the book like we read Bible, but it is uh, out loud reading or singing. It was very difficult for me to even uh, formulate a prayer in my mind. And at that time, I remember that the Holy Spirit reminded me the verse uh, from uh, Revelation 4, 8, uh, when um, maybe I could read this verse uh, to you. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, all full of eyes, all around and within, and day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So I started to repeat this uh, verse, and I modified it, you know, in certain ways, like was uh, uh, glorifying God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, all this was just in my mind. I could not say anything out loud. I would spoil their prayers or their reading. And uh, they started to step by step, day by day, the situation, the attitude of my my neighbors in this uh, cell uh, got worse and worse. They started to limit my movement around the cell. And they uh, changed several times the place where I was supposed to be during their prayers. And eventually I ended up in just in the, in the toilet uh, where I was supposed to even face the toilet sink while they were praying. So all this uh, exalting of the Lord's name and uh, proclaiming his glory and holiness was in my mind. And when I started to do that, I received uh, a real peace in my mind and I was uh, rejoicing inside me and I was uh, exalting the Lord's name over me, my situation as well as uh, over the situation uh, of my family. And the result of this uh, was, uh, was to come very, very soon after that. You know, even though I had been already limited a lot and uh, treated not very nicely by the Daesh people at that time, because of this type of prayer, 
Two days later, they started to openly torture me and beat me. You know, they uh, let me, for instance, sit uh, with crossed legs in one place uh, for like several hours. Uh, they asked me to stand in one place uh, for a long time. Later on, they started to slap me with, uh, you know, into my face. Uh, I was hit with their fist into my face uh, many times. Uh, then they uh, let me sit on the floor and uh, they started to ask me questions, various questions. First of all, they called me the filthy pig or filthy rat. And uh, when they called me and say, filthy pig, come here. And I decided at first that I will not respond to these rude names. And uh, when I did not respond, I got hit with a wooden stick. Uh, you know, they unscrewed from uh, from the sweeper that uh, was there to clean the floor. And uh, whenever I did not respond immediately to, this, uh, to these new names, filthy pig or filthy the rat, uh, they immediately hit me either on my head, my shoulders, or uh, from uh, my fingers, or they uh, kicked me and uh, into my stomach with uh, this rod. And uh, this started to be really open attack uh, on uh, on my body. Uh, at that time, I was really uh, thinking about the Lord Jesus, what he had to go through when he was arrested, and they also were beating him with wooden stick, and they were ridiculing him, slapping him, I could clearly see the Lord Jesus and how he suffered for us. So for me, I received a wonderful peace at that time. And uh, surprisingly, you know, when I was physically attacked, I was experiencing the greatest peace in prison time ever, uh, in all these uh, 14 and a half months. And I could even pray during these beatings for my family members. I could pray for other fellow prisoners. And I was not uh, uh, moved to the point when I used, be, used to be before, because I had this peace from the Lord uh, at this time of uh, the physical attacks on my body. Uh, at first they asked me, do you know what it means waterboarding? And I said, yes, I know what waterboarding is. They uh, somehow uh, wrongly uh, mentioned that Czechoslovakia allowed uh, CIA to torture Al-Qaeda members on uh, your territory. And I said, no, no, it was not here. But then I realized that there's no way to argue with them. And they said, uh, we will show you what it means to be waterboarded. And so they started to prepare a cloth uh, for that. And uh, I started to worry a lot because uh, at that time, you know, I I was not healthy. I was uh, what was actually, even before that, um, what I discovered uh, that I was anemic at the time and I was uh, not breathing normally. I was hypoxic at that time. So the imagination that I would uh, be waterboarded, uh, I thought, it might be my death. And so, you know, at that time I was supposed also to clean all the dishes and wash their underwear, their clothes. And also, you know, I was supposed to wash the toilet with bare hand at the time. So they used me like a, like a slave in the cell. And in one moment, you know, they were preparing this uh, cloth to waterboard me and I was in the bathroom or toilet, whatever you call it. I was washing their clothes. I was just trusting the Lord. I was praying, glorifying his name. And uh, this uh, this uh, verse from uh, a revelation, you know, this was uh, uh, something that uh, was in my mind. And I was uh, exalting the name of the Lord, uh, repeating the Lord's name and uh, trusting that he will uh, be my 
uh, guard. He will protect me in any situation that might come. Uh, but it was kind of like obvious to me that uh, they are not just threatening me, they are going to do that. Suddenly, uh, one of the guards that they did not like, uh, he noticed that some, something was going wrong in, in our cell and uh, probably even heard or listened to the conversation unnoticed by them. And immediately he opened the door, asked me to leave the cell with all my stuff and my blanket and took me uh, to another cell, which looking back to this moment, I would say he saved my life. It's interesting to me because you... You don't seem to be angry with these guys, even now, looking back on that. How, how do you explain that, that, that these guys are threatening, literally threatening your life, and they celebrate death and destruction and violence? How do you explain that, that you were able to get through this experience without hatred and anger and, and really, like I say, hating these guys? I think that the, the fact that I was exalting and glorifying the Lord's name, the Lord gave me the peace, uh, the Lord gave me the comfort, and the Lord gave me the strength not to retaliate uh, to their hits and, uh, you know, with the wooden stick or with fists or slapping my face or, or kicking me to my back. I, uh, this was a kind of supernatural power that I received from the Lord, that I was able to remain peaceful and calm and not to retaliate. And I have to say that what I clearly saw at that time, that the more I was peaceful and the more situations where I did not retaliate, it actually was bringing them to the point when they were more and more aggressive to me. Four months into your imprisonment, you actually had been moved out of the security service prison to a, a more regular prison. You kind of had a bout with depression, frustration. How long, oh Lord, is this going to last? God did something that, that changed your mindset. Talk a little bit about how you felt before this and then what God did. It was the night uh, on the 10th of April. Usually, because I was arrested on the 10th of uh, December, so whenever the uh, another month uh, started in prison, I was asking the Lord, how long, how long, Lord? On April the 11th, that was the uh, evening uh, when uh, 14 Eritrean uh, young people, people who were arrested uh, when they made attempt to cross the Sudanese-Libyan border where they were arrested and brought to this prison. And I heard kind of inner voice inside me go and share the gospel with them. Uh, so I, I came closer to them. Two of them spoke uh, some English. They first asked me where I was from, and uh, I knew that these people would definitely not be Muslim. So I started to share Christ with them, uh, share my testimony, because all these young people usually, I think the age was like from 16 to 18, most of them. Only one was uh, maybe 20, and the oldest one was 25 years old, but the, most of them were just uh, between 16 and 18 year old. 
I shared Christ with them, and I believe that at least two of them were very honest when and when they, I brought them to the point to give their life to Christ, and I almost cried, you know, when I was sharing gospel with them, sharing my testimony, uh, and uh, I believe that that was the, the the eternal seed for their eternal life, and I'm sure that I will meet uh, at least some of them in heaven one day. And when I shared the gospel, I even became more more peaceful after that and then I thanked the Lord and I clearly saw that the Lord has a purpose for me to be there another month. You were moved then to a, a large prison where your co-defendants, two of whom were pastors, Sudanese pastors, Talk about the, the fellowship that you experienced. Whenever we had a chance to shout at each other across the corridor, we were sharing the Bible verses. I say, hey, read the Romans 12, 12, which says, you know, uh, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and uh, persevere in, in the prayers. And so we all stopped thinking about and asking the Lord uh, to be released. We saw that we will be there until the Lord will say it's enough and we will be there uh, to uh, proclaim the gospel there, to encourage believers and to do the work that the Lord has prepared for us there. And the Lord showed me clearly that uh, uh, the main thing for us as Christians is to uh, really to learn how to wait on the Lord. And the Lord showed me uh, many characters in Bible, like Abraham, how long he was waiting uh, to have son. The Lord showed me clearly that uh, Rebecca and Isaac, they waited 20 years before they had uh, Jacob and Esau. You know, the, the Lord showed me many characters from the New Testament. Uh, I, when I read the Gospels, I read and noticed how many times the Lord was preparing his disciples uh, for sufferings and for prison. Uh, you know, I read many times uh, these passages, but when I was in prison and I uh, read uh, uh, the book of Acts and I realized that uh, Paul had to stay in the prison in Caesarea for two years. I realized that uh, what it means to wait, wait on the Lord, seek his face and wait on him. Because, you know, in our country, in Europe, uh, in America, in the Western world, uh, we got used to the, I would call it instant Christianity. You know, you pray and uh, you should receive it uh, based on your face. And, uh, you know, we, we all know this term right now, in the name of Jesus, right now. Yeah, in a, it, it works sometimes. But but we also know that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us and is praying according to the will of God. And this is the main fact, you know, how do we know, how we do know how, whether we are praying in according to the will of God. And even uh, when I later on I realized there was a prayer chain, uh, a prayer chain in my home church, fasting chain, which was, by the way, very encouraging for all of us. And when I shared this information, you know, then I, I heard uh, and I received letters from my brothers and sisters, and they also started to pray in a different way. They started to pray that the Lord will give me the right word whenever I will be preaching. This is, these are the words of Apostle Paul. So they people really understood uh, that it is not the matter to ask the Lord how long uh, and uh, release him, but start, they started to pray to give me the right words whenever I will be speaking and preaching the word of God. 
let's talk about your release because uh, you're sentenced to life in prison. They they move you to the the political prison where you think you know I could be here for years. On a Thursday, you're reading a passage of scripture. What what passage was that? Uh, and then what happened? Just a few seconds uh, uh, before. The officer came and announced my release. I was reading uh, the Psalm 126, where that it says that when the Lord uh, returned the captives to Zion, we were like those uh, who were in dream. Uh, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with uh, shouts of joy. And I was reading uh, this passage uh, about uh, when the Lord returns the captive to Zion, when uh, a few seconds after that, you know, the commander comes, or the officer comes and says, Say, Peter, you're getting released today. VOM staff member Peter Yasek has been encouraging you and me to make the most of the freedom that we have. He knows what it's like to lose that freedom after being in prison 14 months in the nation of Sudan. I hope that after hearing these highlights from Peter's story, you're going to want to listen to the whole interview with him the web address for that is vomradio.net backslash Peter. There you'll find three episodes of VOM Radio that will give you the entire story of Peter's arrest, his imprisonment, and eventually his release from prison. Again, that's vomradio.net backslash Peter. You can also read more about Peter in the October newsletter from The Voice of the Martyrs. If you want to be on our mailing list and receive that newsletter each month, just go to vomradio.net. There's a link to subscribe at the top of the page. We're going to meet with a Christian and former prisoner for Christ in the nation of Eritrea and learn more about that African country. I hope you'll join us for that inspiring conversation right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.